David Fincher is back with another slickly produced thriller, but is it about anything? Today I'm talking about The Killer. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am reviewing David Fincher's latest film, The Killer, and I don't think I I enjoyed it, more or less. It's okay, but it's kind of lacking a lot, as far as I'm concerned, and that's what I'm going to get into today. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't necessarily trash too many films. Well, I I trash plenty of films, that's not fair. But uh, it's rare for me to take one that's really critically acclaimed and me me just kind of be like, meh, not really. Um, so, without further ado, let's get started. There's a lot of love by film geeks, film Twitter, and anyone else who describes their affection for film for the work of David Fincher. And to some extent, I get it. He's a technical maestro with a distinctive visual aesthetic with solid mastery of atmosphere, working with actors, and how to use things like camera movement and subtle CGI to make a scene or entire movie work. What I think goes under-discussed is that Fincher's real skill is turning tawdry or pulpy material into slickly produced, digestible movies that you can watch over and over again, with at least a scene or two that will take your breath away in terms of sheer shock value or skill. As much as I've kind of soured on movies like The Social Network, I'll be the first to admit that it is eminently watchable, and in almost any other director's hands, Gone Girl would have been a gross slog. So Fincher putting those skills behind an Assassin on the Run type story should work, right? Well, how many of those movies are action movies? Oh, none? This could be a problem. Michael Fassbender stars as the titular killer, a self-described doesn't-give-a-fuck gun for hire who is scoping out a job in Paris. But when the job goes off the rails and his employer tries to clean things up, the killer will begin a globe-trotting journey to make all of the responsible parties pay. So I've heard a lot of breathless defenses of this movie. There are some that say this movie is actually a black comedy that people don't get. More on this later. There are others that like to highlight all of the technical tricks Fincher used to make this movie look and feel as good as it does, which is definitely true because it looks better than almost any other movie this year in in spite of being incredibly underlit throughout. So what's missing? I'd argue the movie lacks a soul or identity. The closest the movie gets is this dark comedy angle that many positive reviews have referenced. For about 20 minutes, we listen to Fassbender, in the beginning, we listen to Fassbender narrate what may as well be his hitman manifesto, where he insists that there are strict rules, that attachment is weakness, and he literally stops himself from saying, I don't give a fuck. Standard assassin code shit. Hell, he plays a smith all the damn time before he kills people. But once the hit goes to hell, we discover, hey, This guy has a girlfriend who was beaten within an inch of her life, and he seems more than pissed about this. And that's the joke. The the never 1.5 hours is the killer who insists, you know, never within the 1.5 hours is the killer who insists that he doesn't care about anything, trying to get revenge on his for, for his girlfriend by killing everyone tied to his employer and his last job. Almost all of them ask why he didn't just disappear, and we already know the answer. This isn't to clean things up. This is a revenge movie where the lead isn't admitting it's revenge, and he isn't quite as good at his job as he is in his head. At least, not all the time. Okay, fine. What other jokes you got? 
this is where things kind of break down because minus the premise, there's not a lot of indicators that this is all sarcastic or even a breakdown of this movie type. Hell, the John Wick franchise has done a better deconstruction on the broken cycle of revenge. Part of the reason of Gone that Gone Girl and Fight Club work so damn well and their dark humor does is what as yeah, than their dark humor does is because it is a sledge it is sledgehammer subtle just in your face with how ridiculous everything is for instance brad pitt pointing at an underwear model saying is that what a man looks like before revealing his even more shredded body or ben affleck's nick having to say over and over again that he's a dumb shithead but he's not that big of a shithead for the killer the only jokes are in between when the protagonist's thoughts are interrupted by a screw-up and that's about it it also means that the time between tense standoffs feels like filler or fluff, or even kills the tension as he drifts between airports and cities with ease and almost never encounters real resistance. Which sucks, because there's genuinely one of the best fight scenes of the whole year in this movie, and it is a 10 to f 5 to 10 minute highlight in a 2 hour movie that desperately needs more tension or reason to feel like our hero might bite it before everything is said and done. So, sure, it's really impressive that the CGI and camera angles dedicated to the killer dumping his shit into a garbage truck is imperceptible, but at no point in that scene did I think he was in danger of being caught, so why spend all of that money and time on that? I think the movie even has a glimmer of a good idea, which has sadly been addressed better in other movies, even in movies like Gross Point Blank, which is that being a killer, no matter what you espouse, is always personal. If you kill someone, you are either carrying out or contributing to someone someone's agenda, which can be as petty as a workplace squabble or as big as attempting to shift the political tide of the world. So everyone spouting off, our lead included, that this isn't personal is lying because you just tried to kill him. I can't imagine anything more personal. If only this was made more obvious or delved into and a bit more, a bit more and combined with more tension. The verdict is, it's a missed opportunity. Though it has an intriguing setup, Fincher's detached approach in the film's lack of tension works against it. 5 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.